The title of this message tonight is, What Do You Do When You Don't Know What to Do? Have you ever faced some difficult times as a Christian? Has there ever been a time when maybe your friends or maybe some of your family members said to you, well, why is God letting this happen to you? And why, is it, why hasn't God delivered you from this problem? And maybe the devil has, has whispered in your ear, well, where's God and all that? Have you ever been there? Just because you're a Christian, just because you're a member of Faith Free Baptist Church, just because you're a good husband, just because you're a good, a good wife, just because you're good parents does not mean that you will not face some storms in life. So let's read tonight in 2 Kings chapter 4, and uh, the, we'll read verses 1 through 7. The Bible says, now there cried, notice this, cried a certain woman. Now, who was this woman? Of the wise, of the sons of the prophets, unto Elisha, saying. And here's what she told Elisha. Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. And then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out unto all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. He said unto her, There's not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. And then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go and sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. Let's pray. Lord, tonight I'm thankful for the opportunity to be here. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive me of anything in my life that might hinder me. Lord, I want to be a vessel tonight. I want to be a vessel of honor to you. I pray, Holy Ghost, that you will convict our hearts. I pray, Holy Ghost, you will enlighten our minds of the Word of God. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to use me. And I pray that whatever's accomplished here tonight in this service, Lord, you will receive the glory and honor and praise for it all because you are worthy of it all. We ask this in Jesus' name and amen and amen. Let me ask you a question. What do you do when you're facing problems with your kids? I have raised two girls. My oldest daughter will be 35 in December and my youngest daughter will be 26. And Brother Powell, they turned out pretty good. And that's, I, I thank the Lord tonight. If you've got kids tonight that are not on drugs and alcohol and serving the Lord and in church, man, you ought, ought to holler hallelujah, hallelujah. But you know what? I can tell you this. When you got your kids at home, you have a lot of control over their free will. But when your kids get a driver's license and they're out there with their friends, can, can I tell you something? Sometimes good kids can make some bad decisions. So parents, what do you do tonight? What do you do when your kids have made some bad decisions? What do you do when you wake up one morning and you realize your marriage is in trouble? Brother Powell, we used to take couples on couples retreats every year with Brother Randy Sawyer's church to Pigeon Forge. And I've heard young ladies say, look at my husband. He's a hunk. Now, Brother Powell, I never could see that. But they, she, she would say, he is such a hunk. He is so handsome. And he's my best friend. And we're going to be together forever. I've heard young men say, look at my bride. Look at my bride. Isn't she beautiful? She is so sweet and kind. And, and we're going to be together. And you know what? 20 years later, they're not together. 
Let me ask you a question. What do you do when you wake up one morning and realize that your marriage is in trouble? What do you do when there's problems on on the job? When you get laid off and that person working next to you has a good job, is staying there because they're in good with the boss, but you got laid off. If we're not careful, we can allow bitterness to, to root up in our heart. What do you do when you follow a loved one's body to the grave? Someone you have loved loved all of your life and someone that you have cared for deeply and you have to follow that hearse to the grave. My friend tonight, when you don't know what to do with your back's against the wall, I want to give you three things real quickly. First of all, God knows your problem. You know, sometimes you might think that God may be asleep. You may, you may think that uh, God doesn't care. But look, look, look at the passage of scripture here tonight. This woman is in despair. The Bible says she cried. The word cry here means to moan, to weep uncontrollably, to shriek out of grief. This woman goes where? She goes to the man of God. By the way, church, that's a good place to start. When you're, when you're having problems, the man of God can give you some godly counsel. So she goes to the man of God. Now, why is she in despair? Her husband has died. Who is her husband? He is one of the sons of the prophets. Now, who were they? These were men who were in training under Elisha to be the next prophets and preachers in Israel. Her husband, her lover, her protector has died. And it gets worse. She's got a debt she can't pay. She's got a debt she can't pay. And it gets worse. They're coming to take her two boys and they're going to make them slaves. And by the way, that was permitted under Jewish law in Leviticus 29, 39. 25, 39. But let me tell you this. I like this part, Brother Powell. Even though she's in despair, her husband's dead. She can't pay her debt. They're coming to take her boys. But get this. She is still devoted to God. You don't have to give in when things are tough. You don't have to give up. I had an old deacon down in Georgia when I first started pastoring. He said, preacher, you might give out, but don't give up. And you know, as I get older, sometimes I feel like I've just about given out. But can I tell you something? We may give out in our strength, but we don't have to give up, Brother Acock. I, it, it does my heart good tonight to see Brother Bobby Acock. He was my teacher, my professor back there at Free Will Baptist Bible College. And I ain't going to tell you how old he is. But man, to, to see that man of God still hanging in there, loving Jesus and coming to church, it blesses my heart. And you know what? It don't matter how old you are. It don't matter how young you are. You're going to face some issues in your life and you don't have to give up. When you're in despair, God knows your problem. Second of all, God sees your potential. What God wanted to do in this woman's life is he wanted to grow her faith privately and he wanted to grow her faith publicly. So here's what he told her. Elisha said to her, well, what shall I do for thee? And what do you have in the house? And these two questions was going to cause her to really see the size of her need. She had a huge need, but all she had in the house, brother pal, was this little flask of oil. Now, commentators say this little flask of oil was probably a small amount of anointing oil that was used by the prophets to anoint the man of God. But I want you to notice what Elisha told her. He said, go borrow vessels from your neighbors and, and he said, and, and borrow a whole bunch of them, not just a few, and bring them back to the house and take that little flask of oil and fill them up. So, Brother, Brother Powell, can we just kind of imagine tonight, I've got brothers and this woman had two sons. So let's just imagine one of them's name is Jimmy and one of them's name is Sidney because I've got two brothers, Jimmy and Sidney. So Jimmy goes over and knocks on the door of the neighbor's house. And he says, I need to borrow some vessels. 
Can you imagine what the neighbor said? Well, why do you want to borrow vessels? Well, I don't know. The prophet Elisha told mama for us to come and get some vessels, borrow a whole bunch of them. And here's the other brother over here, Sidney. He's a knocking on the neighbor's house and he's doing the same thing. Now, let's just suppose, brother, brother, brother Powell, for the sake of, of uh, just, you know, imagining that Jim brings back, let's say he brings back 50 vessels and let's say they're half gallon size. And let's say that Sidney brings back 50 vessels. And they're, now, the Bible doesn't say how many. And the Bible doesn't say what size. Here's what I want you to get. The only limit that day on God was how many empty vessels were brought in. And church tonight, you and I are vessels of the Holy Ghost. When you got saved, I got saved when I was 15 years old. I'm 65 years old. Brother Haycock, I've been saved for 50 years. Woo, that's a long time. But you know what? I remember the day I got saved just like it was yesterday. I was 15 years old. I had a crush on a little girl at church. She invited me to revival. I went to revival on Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night. But on Wednesday night, I got convicted of my sins. And I got out of there, Brother Bobby, and I went home, and I couldn't sleep. But during the night, I promised the Lord if he let me get back to that little church tomorrow night, I'd get right with God. I should have got right back there in my bedroom. But the next night I was at that little revival and when that preacher gave the invitation, I hit the altar. And hallelujah, when I got up that night, whew, I was clean on the inside and I was hugging everybody. White-headed, bald-headed, didn't make no difference. I got saved. But stay with me now. Here this woman is. Her boys have brought these vessels and she's got this little flask of oil. This little flask of oil that was a little... A, a amount of oil that they anointed the prophets with. And she took that only thing that she had, the only thing that she had in the house, that little flask of oil, and she started filling up that vessel. And she filled up that one. And Jimmy brought her another one, and she filled up that one. And Jimmy brought her another one. And she filled up every one that Jimmy had. And here comes Sydney. Hey, Mom, I got some vessels. And she started filling up that one and filling up that one. And the Bible says when the very last one was filled, the oil stopped. Woo! You know what? When you're saved, you receive the Holy Ghost. And I grew up in the Pentecost church, and I had Pentecostal people tell me a lot of things about what should happen if you got the Holy Ghost. I've seen people dance. I've seen people roll on the floor. But Brother Powell, here's what I've learned. If you are full of the Holy Ghost, then the fruits of the Spirit will show in your life. Now, what's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, temperance. That means self-control. Let me ask you a question, church. What kind of an advertisement have you and I been this past week? Because here's what God wants. He wants us to be walking advertisements for His glory. That's why you're saved. So guess what? When you're going through your problems and you don't know what to do, first of all, God knows your problem. Second of all, he sees your potential. He wants to grow your faith privately and publicly. Then point number three, verse seven. And then she came and told the man of God. Now, who was the one that told her to go get those vessels? It was Elisha. She comes back to Elisha and she says, heck here, I've got all this oil. Here's what he said. I'm paraphrasing, brother. Honey, you did good. Now go out there and sell that oil and pay your debt and you and your kids Live on the rest. Can I share something with you tonight that's very personal to me? God has taken care of me. And God has done a good job taking care of me these 65 years. Brother Patel, 
I had a fellow in my church one time that told me, he says, Brother Carl, I want you to know something. I pay your salary. Brother Powell, how do you answer somebody like that? Well, first of all, the best way to answer somebody like that is don't answer them too quickly. Think before you give an answer. So I let this man talk. And here's what I said to him when he finally got done. I said, sir, I, I don't know what you put in the offering plate and I don't want to know. I appreciate whatever you give to this church. But, sir, I don't want to I, I, I don't want to sound ugly or mean when I say this. But I answered a call to preach in 1984. In, 19, on, in September of 1984, under Henry Potter, uh, who was my pastor, I answered a call to preach. And you know what? When God calls a person to preach, he calls that person to prepare. Brother Potter resigned the church and Brother Powell, they throw me in the pulpit. And I realized, whoa, I need some help. So I decided I'm going to Free Will Baptist Bible College. I went and told my mom. She said, oh, Carl, I don't know why you want to do that. You're, you, come, you come up in Pentecostal Church. You ought to go over here. I went and told my grandma all same thing. I went, in, I went in to resign my job where I had worked for 11 years, Brother Powell. 11 years. I started when I was 17. I was 28 years old. You know what my boss said? My boss said, Blue Eyes, you're not going anywhere. We've trained you. You're the only one here in this hospital that does what you do. He said, Carl, you got this 401k. You got good retirement. And if you go into ministry, you'll starve. Well, here I am, brother. 60, here, I, here I am, 65 years old. And I'm not starved. But you know what we did in, in June of 1985? We loaded up a yellow rider truck and we left Olive Branch, Illinois. I left my friends. I left my family. I left my job. I went off to prepare for, for being a pastor. Now, you would think, Brother Powell, if you leave everything behind to go serve the Lord, everything's going to be smooth. Wrong, wrong, wrong. I'm down there in Bible. Brother Acock, you might remember this. I was down there in Bible college and my wife and I had had a tubal pregnancy before we left Olive Branch. And while we're down there in college, we had a miscarriage. And then guess what, fellas? We had another miscarriage. Y'all ain't been there yet. But I'm going to tell you something. When you go through an experience like that with a wife, it is, it's a devastating thing. And you know what? We finally, in my junior year, Brother Acock, we had our first baby. And I'm 30 years old now, and I've got my first baby, a live baby, and I'm proud of her. Five months later, that little girl got deathly sick. Went, in the went to the doctor, went to the hospital. She had spinal meningitis. Whew. Caught it early, no brain damage, no hearing loss. But you know what? About a year later, they found out she had scoliosis. What is that? That's curvature of the spine. Her little spine kept getting worse and worse. It was over 40% curved. And the doctor said, we're going to have to do surgery. We're going to have to put a rod in her back. Your daughter will not walk for about a year. And she, there's a possibility she might not ever walk. Now, Brother Powell, where's God in all that? We turned our back on our family, turned our back on our job. We're down here preparing for ministry. And, and what's going on? But my little mama back in Illinois sent a handkerchief. And they had anointed this little handkerchief. She said, Carl, we can't be there for Bethany's surgery, but we want you to pray and ask God to heal her. And Brother Patel, since I grew up seeing a lot of that, I just took the handkerchief and I just kind of throw it over to the side. But about three minutes later, the Holy Spirit of God convicted my heart and said, Carl, why don't you just do what your mama said? We had folks at the Bible college praying for my daughter. We had the prayer band. We had folks around the world praying for my daughter. Let me tell you how God worked. When we went in to have the surgery... They called me, they called me over to the doctor's office and the doctors are over scratching their head, Brother Powell. 
I love to see doctors scratching their head. And the doctor said, and I never will forget it, Dr. Green. Dr. Green said to me, he said, Carl, I am an orthopedic specialist. I specialize with pediatrics. I have never seen a child's back go from 40% to less than five. I said, Dr. Green, what does this mean? He says, you can take your kid home. I went out there and got my 1967 Chevrolet. Now, Brother, pa- uh, Brother, Brother Acock, this was in 1988. I'm driving a 21-year-old car. That's how you get through Bible college debt-free. <laughs> I went through Bible college. I want to tell you fellows something. I'm glad you're here tonight. <laughs> I went to Free Will Baptist Bible College, and I worked 40 hours a week, and my wife worked. We didn't have any government money. We didn't have any grants or scholarships. We just worked and paid this semester and this semester. My little church back home sent $50 a month. That's all we had. And when I walked across the stage in 1990, I was debt free and had $10,000 in my bank account. Woo! That's, that's what I call God taking care of you. Amen? And so church tonight, when your back's against the wall, when you don't, oh, by the way, I want to share this. Before the Lord uh, healed my daughter, I prayed that day in that bedroom, Brother Powell, and I'm not bragging on me because I'm nobody. But I, when I laid that handkerchief over my daughter that day, I said, Lord, if it's your will to heal my daughter, please heal her. And I'll tell everybody I know. But here's the rest of that prayer. But Lord, if you choose not to heal her, and I, I really didn't think he was going to heal her like he did. I'll be honest with you. But Lord, if you choose not to heal her, I promise you I'm going to finish Bible college and I will carry my daughter to church. If my daughter can't walk, I'll carry her. And I meant it. I want to tell you something. I believe that God honors prayer. Amen. And I'm nothing special. I have been with people that the Lord healed. I've been with people that the Lord chose not to heal. But I want to tell you this because our time is out. When your back's against the wall, when you don't know what to do, God knows your problem. Amen. He's allowed that problem. He sees your potential. He wants to grow your faith privately and publicly. But get this now. He's the one that provides. You remember when Abraham and Isaac was up on Mount Moriah? You remember that? And guess what just happened to be over in the thicket? They just happened to be a ram over there in the thicket. And that, I, I, that word there for God there is Jehovah Jireh. I like that, Brother Acock. Jehovah Jireh. My God will provide. My God provides. Tonight, I'm 65 years old. I'm not quite as far along as Brother Acock is. I'm getting there, Brother Acock. But you know what I've learned? And I mean this, Brother Powell. I don't lay in bed at night and worry about, well, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to end up in a nursing home? Am I going to end up in, uh, am I going to end up living with my, with my kids? I don't sit around and worry about that. You know why I don't worry about that? Because for 50 years, I could, I could sit up here tonight and tell you a lot of stuff that happened to my wife and I in 30 years of ministry and tell you how God provided for us. And you, some of you probably wouldn't even believe it. But because of what God has done for us over the last 50 years, I've got confidence what he's going to do the next ever how many years I got. So church tonight, especially you older folks, this message is for you. You don't have to worry. God knows your problem, sees your potential, and he will provide. And so in closing tonight, thank you, faith. Thank you, faith, for providing for our kids at Harvest. 
It was God that called this ministry into existence 29 years ago. And we will be there as long as God wants us to be. But you know why we're still there? Because churches and individuals just like you have given to this ministry. You have prayed for us. And because of your support, we're able to take, we, we, we have taken care of 2,031 kids. And we're going to keep on taking care of them. Amen? Let's pray.